Hello, friends, and welcome to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson, a self-professed joyologist and Bible girl. Join me each week as I talk to a girlfriend about life, joy, and Jesus, where we look to the Bible for all of life's questions. Welcome back to the In the Whisper podcast. I am Nita Wilkinson, and I am so glad to be with you today. Today, my guest is my friend, Brenda Sanford. She is a licensed independent social worker and the founder and director of Light the Way Christian Counseling. Welcome, Brenda. Thank, Thank you. you so much for spending for some time. Me. Oh, of it. course. I was excited to have you on. First of all, tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm a native of Logan County, grew up here, graduated from Bell Fountain, and always had the intentions of moving away, but happened to fall in love with a hometown guy. And <laughs> long story short, God led us back to Logan County, where we've raised our family, now have a couple of grandchildren here in the school district, have a couple of grandchildren in the Columbus area, and just really excited to have been able to stay here and contribute to health and healing in our community. And we appreciate all that you've done. And and you, you married a good hometown boy. <laughs> a very good hometown yeah. boy. Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about trauma yes. and how that affects us. And when I think of trauma, I think of something really big and life-changing. But right. trauma comes at many levels. So can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. In the field, they talk about capital T trauma and little t trauma. Oh. So capital T trauma is what you would expect trauma to be. Your house burns down. You're in a right. horrible car accident. You were raped. Those kinds of things are big T trauma. Little t trauma could be you had a difficult time with your second grade teacher and you felt like she thought you were stupid or you had mean girl stuff in seventh grade mm -hmm. or... You just had a less than positive parent model. Right. Something like that becomes little t traumas, but can still be a big influence in your life and you don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah. When you said that about second grade teacher, I didn't have a second grade teacher like that. But you think about, I mean, we've all, especially women, have been through right. something at some point, either in middle yes. school or high school, mm -hmm. and, and that can cause trauma. Absolutely. Okay. So... Tell, tell me how trauma affects us. We'll sure. start with the little t trauma okay. and then grow okay. to the big t trauma. The little t traumas probably are more influential in our belief system. So, for example, I was saying the second grade teacher who somehow made you feel like you were stupid. Then if you take that belief on to yourself in second grade, I am stupid, and you go the rest of your school career, anytime you get an A, well, that's a fluke. Yeah. Anytime you get a C or a D, that's what I deserve because I'm stupid. And so we kind of, we have a tendency to continue to find the support for what we already believe. Okay. As opposed to looking at what refutes what we already believe. So we are wired to go to the negative? We, well, we are wired to find support for what we do believe. It doesn't have to necessarily be negative. Okay. If, if you're a fourth grade boy who's great at football and okay. you believe you're the best football player ever then okay. you look at the world through every time I score a touchdown is because I'm the best football player ever okay. if I get tackled well that wasn't my fault <laughs> gotcha <laughs> that that's interesting so talk more about the big t trauma and I think the effects of that yes are much 
more grave. Yes. So the there are three places we hold memory. We hold memory in the logic part of the brain where we can tell the story about what happened. We store memory in the emotional brain, and we store memory in our body. So big T traumas have a lot more physical impact in our lives whenever something happens. So for example, if you were in a horrible car accident, Mm -hmm. there are things that are gonna be wired into your body and your brain that say danger. Squealing tires, maybe someone coming up too fast to a stop sign. Okay. The ambulance, if you had to go in a helicopter, probably every time a helicopter flies over your house, you're gonna feel a lot of anxiety because all of that got wired in. There was a dangerous situation and any stimuli that you experienced, smells, tastes, sounds, visual, sight of blood, whatever it was that was part of that experience Mm -hmm. gets wired in. And and you're not always aware that it gets wired in. So sometimes some things are pretty obvious and some things just aren't. The example I use in my office is, and this is fictitious, this did not happen to me, but if when I was 10, I was out riding my bicycle on a beautiful sunshiny day on my little country road and rode in front of the neighbor's house, which is maybe a little farther than I was supposed to ride, and they had a brand new dog that Mm -hmm. came out and bit me. Mm -hmm. Let's say it was a brown, big brown dog. It's not unusual to to realize that I'm gonna probably be afraid of big brown dogs. Okay. I might be afraid of all dogs because of that experience. Right. Uh, That's pretty common, that doesn't seem too odd, but I might feel a lot of anxiety about a bicycle. Mm -hmm. That would be a little more of a stretch. But what if I feel anxiety every time it's a beautiful sunshiny day? Yeah. Oh, and I forgot the element that I rode past a lilac bush in bloom before I was Mm -hmm. bitten. So it could also be that today, at my age, I'm out taking a walk in my neighborhood and smell a lilac bush and feel a lot of anxiety and have no idea where that came from and why that anxiety was provoked. That's so interesting. And we have so much anxiety today and think it comes out of nowhere, but perhaps it comes from a very specific place that doesn't even resonate with us anymore. Absolutely. That's so interesting. Absolutely. So you were talking about the smells and the and and the day and just all of the things. And so when we go to, I, I'm sure PTSD would be kind of a yes big T trauma. Right. And you always think of, you know, it seems like for years the only time you heard of PTSD mm-hmm. was with people that served in the armed forces. Right. And so a car backfiring might remind them of right. a gun. Yeah. But actually, mm-hmm. any of us can have yes. PTSD. Yes. Anytime that we are involved in experience where we perceive the possible serious injury, especially death of ourselves or someone else, it doesn't even have to be someone that we hold dear, but especially if it's someone that we hold dear, that can cause PTSD. It is so profound. If we're in a situation of feeling powerless okay. in that situation, then PTSD can be a long-term result. Any of us who go through trauma are gonna have emotional experiences after that event. If we can resolve it within the first six months, it doesn't become PTSD. We ha- but we have to be able to talk about it. We have to be able to work through it, 
feel it, let ourselves feel those feelings instead of trying to run from them, repress them. So for example, in 9-11 in New York City, not that many people got PTSD, surprisingly, because they were talking about it. And they got Everybody help. was talking about it. Everybody experienced it. People didn't feel isolated in their right. trauma. They really couldn't get away from talking about it. What I read was the people who did get PTSD were primarily those who went home to an unsafe home environment. Okay, which makes sense. Yeah. So how do we, especially maybe in the little T traumas and the things that aren't as big, how do we know that it's important enough to talk about because I know mm -hmm. I know mm -hmm. how I am yes and I can do it right. I can deal right. with this I don't need anybody right. and probably that's not what I should be doing it's, you're absolutely right it's not what you should be doing I don't know where our society got the idea that we should be able to work through things by ourselves. Jesus didn't give us that example in scripture right that he called 12 people 12 men to be around him not just so he could teach them but he was going to need their support mm -hmm. and and their accompaniment in the things that he went through we have a really very unhealthy mindset in our society that mm -hmm. we, sh we should finish grieving in three days and get back to work right that you can't be crying for long periods of time if you've had a loss or death mm -hmm. You know, people are told to get over it, suck yeah. it up, yeah. deal with it. Instead of talk about it, cry it out, be angry if you need to be angry. That's part of the grief process. Right. It's not healthy for us to just stuff it inside and try to pretend like we're always okay. And so that can actually add to our trauma. Absolutely. Okay. It, can, it can make a traumatic situation become PTSD. Oh, so simply being vulnerable and transparent. Yes. And does it have to be a counselor or no, can it just no. be a friend? It I just want to. You can be anybody really that you're willing to talk to. Okay. Yeah. Someone who will just listen and not tell you to put it away or that you're okay. Right. Having been through a bout with depression and, um, overhearing two pastors not talking about me, but talking about a woman in their church who they were genuinely concerned mm -hmm. for and genuinely wanted to help. Mm -hmm. But their comments that I overheard at a time when I was prone to the floor, begging God to take this darkness from me, and heard them say, I think she just needs to get in God's word more and pray more. Oh, yes. And I wanted to scream. Right. right. I. I am spending every minute I have trying to find the answer in the Bible and on my, you know, on my face, right, right. <laughs> begging for it to be taken away. And for whatever reason, he did not choose my time right. to take that away. Right. And I know that there are people who suffer with this all the time. And it's one of the struggles that I have when I no one believes in the Bible more than me that it is the Word of mm -hmm. God, and I believe that. But I also believe that there are times, I mean, it, look at Job. Right. He allowed that to happen for whatever reason. Right. To this day, I do not understand it, except we have that story to see how much power he has. Right. It got better for me. Yeah. 
But I think we have to get better at mm-hmm. it's okay to talk to people. It's okay yeah. to take medicine. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay to not be okay. Right. And that is a big topic for me to help help people understand because people mean well. They Their do. hearts are in the right place. They do. And I was very blessed. Mm-hmm. The people around me, and not a lot of people knew, but the ones that surrounded me never said that to me. Good. But I've had many people tell me, well, my, my, you know, my friend said, if I, you know, clearly I did something wrong or this wouldn't have happened. Mm. You know, <laughs> I think there are a couple different reasons why people say that. First of all, the, probably the best reason people say that is because we really get distressed when people we care about are struggling. Mm-hmm. I call myself a recovering rescuer. And... <laughs> I've just had to get more comfortable, if that's the right word, tolerant, maybe that's a better word, of people's suffering and people's struggle because I really can't fix it. Mm-hmm. Even as a therapist, I can't fix it. Right. So I have to be willing to sit with people through that distress, through that discomfort, reminding them that God really truly is here even though they can't see God in it. Right. And God's word is powerful, yet God also wants us to be interdependent with each other mm-hmm. and walk through tough stuff together. Right. And I think the less positive reason sometimes people say that is they just don't want to be bothered sometimes. I hate mm. to say that, but you know, what you just need to get in God's word and you'll be fine. And then we walk off in our don't know, to, worry about to it. do our own thing. Because it is hard to sit with someone. It it takes a long time to recover from PTSD. Yeah. A really long time. And some people don't. And some we were talking don't. about ahead of yes. time, there's um, a complex, complex PTSD. PTSD, which yes. means that's a lifelong, and that's a very high trauma. Oh, it's actually a series of trauma, usually. Oh, okay. So a single, event, oh, okay. a single event trauma can almost always be worked through with the right therapy and, and some time. The complex PTSD is where it happened over and over and over and over again. Say a, a parent was abusive, mm-hmm. physically or right. sexually, even emotionally abusive, over the course of your childhood. That's complex PTSD. It is so much a part of who you think you are that it's very, very difficult to fully recover from that. I do believe that God is gracious and merciful and mm-hmm. has lots and lots of ways to, to help. It just takes a really, really long time to recover from that. And part of what he gave us was people like you and medication. Correct. And when I had the when I was in the middle of depression, I fought the medication. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, because if anyone else told me they take it, right. I would be fine with it. Yeah. But for some reason, uh-huh. I thought I was above all that. Mm-hmm. And she... She took my hands yeah. and she said, this is not a crisis of faith. Yeah. Your brain needs, it's right. it's got right. stuff wrong with it. Right. Just like if you had a migraine headache, there's exactly. something that needs to be taken care of with yeah. medication in there. Yeah. Your brain needs that medication. And that helped me to deal mm-hmm. with it. You know, and, yeah. and I'm so happy that we are talking about this now. And I think sometimes we... 
we say things like that because it's like, well, if, if you just reads her Bible more, then it can't happen to me because I read my Bible that, every day. That is actually another another reason. We get super uncomfortable with mm-hmm. the whole idea that that really awful thing could happen to me too. Right. And so maybe it's because you have this horrible sin somewhere. Maybe it's because you're not being faithful enough. Maybe it's because you don't trust God enough. We live in a fallen world. Exactly. We are going to sometimes cross the path of someone or something that is part of that fallen world, and we're going to get wounded mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, spiritually. Right. And it has nothing to do, most likely, with anything we've done or not done. Jesus kind of promised we'd have trouble. He kind of did, didn't he? <laughs> he also promised he that he came right. to overcome right. the world. Right. But we may not see that, right. this side of heaven. Right. And I think, especially in the Western culture, mm-hmm. we lose sight of that. Because there's so, there's so many pretty people that are doing so many pretty right. things. And we lose sight of the fact that there's just... There is evil in the world. That's how come we fell. We also talked about something called EMDR, which a friend of mine had Mm -hmm. a whole new concept to me. And I would love for you to share that because she had such, her trauma was what you would call probably little T trauma Mm -hmm. because it was a short time. It was a specific event that was coming up. This EMDR Mm -hmm. did wonderful things for her to get past that anxiety from her trauma. Absolutely. EMDR is a trauma treatment. It stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. I wish they named it something else because (laughs) it takes usually five minutes to explain what that means. A woman named Francine Shapiro was a therapist out in California, I believe. I'm not sure how long ago, maybe 20 years. She was trying to process something of her own. And she was out taking a walk and saw a tree branch waving back and forth in the wind. And she just found herself watching it. And her eyes going back and forth as the tree branch moved back and forth. And she noticed that she was actually starting to feel better while she was watching this branch. So she decided to go back to her office and start to try this with other people just say hey this interesting thing happened to me see what you think and so she used her fingers it almost looked like hypnosis but it's not Mm -hmm. but they would just watch her fingers back and forth back and forth and somehow that bilateral stimulation of the brain helps us to process more quickly traumatic events that we've been through now it's so interesting we don't actually i don't use eye movements in my office i use something i call them tappers they're they are really they vibrate in one hand and they vibrate in the other hand Mm -hmm. and it goes back and forth back and forth and i really can't explain how this works except it works Mm -hmm. i've just seen so many situations where it's helped the analogy is ptsd or trauma has caused a log jam in your river in the river of well-being so Uh to speak and so somehow this bilateral stimulation helps Breaks up that log jam so that you can begin to think about that trauma in a different way. You can work through the feelings without being so overwhelmed. So it's in it's in a controlled setting with someone who cares. I, I'm always there to say, hey, if this gets overwhelming, we're going to move right out, bring come right out of it back to my office, ground them back into the world today. Wow. And little by little, they process through an event or a series of events. And so the 
Desensitization means the emotional impact that they feel in their body over this memory desensitizes to the place where they say, you know what? I can think about it and I don't feel anything in my body anymore. Yeah. And the reprocessing part is changing that negative belief about yourself. So if <laughs> my, you know, that silly second grade example, I said, you know, that if they felt stupid because of something a second grade teacher said to them, now they're like, well, you know what? I'm not stupid. She just must've had a bad day, you know? And so the reason I know absolutely that, that God was in EMDR being developed is because it not only helps people process the trauma, but at the end, if they go through, clear through to the end of EMDR for that event, they actually have compassion and mercy for the perpetrator, which wow. is just incredible. And I, there's no other way to right. describe it, but God was in this pro, this. He'd method. have to be to come up with it that way. Exactly. Because there's no way to right. do that, but to yeah. be open to the Holy Spirit. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. One, one example of how that's happened is a woman was processing through abuse that her mom was inflicting upon her in a, in a childhood experience. And I could tell by the look on her face that something had shifted for her. And I said, what did you notice? And she said, I looked in my mom's eyes and it wasn't my mom. You mean wow. physically it was literally her mother, but her mother was somehow not present emotionally in that moment, if that makes sense. Right. It wasn't really the mother that she loved and knew that was abusing her. It was some other version of that mom, maybe from her own abuse that right. she had experienced. But there was just this feeling of mercy and forgiveness that my client was able to get for her mom after she processed through that event. That's amazing. I have to tell you, when my friend told me about this, and she hadn't had it yet, she was going to have it, I think, the next, next time she went. I was like... Really? I know. I know. You think that's yeah. going to help? She said, they're telling me it's going to help. I said, well, I want to hear about that. And I did. Mm -hmm. And she w had nothing but mm -hmm. good things to say about it. She said, mm -hmm. I know it sounds weird, but I am telling you it makes a difference. It's just amazing that things like that, that come out of nowhere, really, mm -hmm. they make so much difference. Right. So there's so much hope for all of these things that we face. Because there's more and more research being done on trauma and we're starting to really talk about it mm -hmm. be more open about it i really think that the next 10 15 20 years is going to bring even more breakthrough in trauma treatment one quick thing that might help this emmdr make a little more sense have you ever been struggling with something and you went out and take, took a walk uh -huh. at the end of oh the walk, yeah you felt better that is that is how when i get stuck on something that's yes. how i deal with it so think about it you're right left right left as oh, you're walking yeah. or people who are horse people i i have come to love horse people because they love horses so much and they tell me all about their horses <laughs> and how neat it is but on on horseback it's the same thing you, you've got you know you're leaning from right to left to right to left so there's kind of that rhythm that bilateral rhythm that helps someone, you know, when they're taking a walk or on a horse. Isn't so that? I think this is somehow similar. That's interesting. You know, when when I was in the throes of depression, you know, it might be eleven o'clock at night, and I'd say to Chad, "I got to go for a walk," mm -hmm. because it was so I, I felt suffocated, and that was the one thing yeah. that would help me. And I always thought mm -hmm. it was because it was exercise, but maybe it was a little but, bit of both. That's true too. The endorphins that get released in your brain when mm -hmm. you're exercising certainly 
is helpful as well. I appreciate all these new things that will help people. As our world gets crazier, we're going to need (laughs) more more knowledge and, and things like EMDR that can help. So if you've never heard of that, and you're struggling with something, ask ask about it. And and I know two people now that have had, um, I'd never heard of it before. And in the last year, I know two people who have had it and it made huge differences for them. So I always ask my guests two questions at the end. Okay. One is, what are you reading right now? That's a tough question because I was just trying to figure out this morning what my next book was going to be. <laughs> I'm kind of between books. I just finished Brene Brown, The Gift of Imperfection. Okay. Brene Brown has studied shame. Mm -hmm. And she has some really, really insightful information about shame Mm -hmm. and how that cripples us. Yeah. Second question is, what is bringing you joy right now? I think that we downsized last year. We moved into a smaller home in May. And just the simplicity of our home, we got Mm -hmm. rid of a ton of stuff. We only kept what we really wanted, what we really needed. And it's just lighter and refreshing. And my husband and I have a little smaller area to cohabitate, so it doesn't feel like we're so far apart. Yeah. Even when he's in his TV room and I may be doing something in the kitchen, I can hear his TV, he can hear me in the kitchen. We just feel closer in proximity to each other, which That's has awesome. been just a joy. Yeah. I didn't realize you'd moved. We did. Yeah. It sounds like you're enjoying it. We are very much. Good. Well, Brenda, thank you so much for spending part of your time with me here today. I really appreciate it. I think that what you do is important and, and sharing this information with people so they they know that there are things out there that they can do. And she is, if you're local, she is at the Light the Way Christian Counseling Center, right behind the big Copper Dome Church, First Christian Church, more than just you there. You have a whole staff of people. So you can give them a call. If you have a need, they would be a great resource for you. Thank you for listening to the In The Whisper podcast. If you want to know more about In The Whisper, you can find us at inthewhisper.org, where you'll find more podcast episodes, the blog, and a plethora of information to encourage you. Until next time, I'm Nita Wilkinson.